if you have a Bible, can you turn to uh, James and chapter 4? If, uh, if you're new, if you're visiting, if you've missed a few weeks, let me bring you up to speed on the book of James. So, um, first of all, we can't find the book of James. It's, it's kind of near the back of the Bible, so head in that direction. Um, quite a small letter. Uh, James is the half-brother of Jesus, and uh, originally quite a, quite a skeptic, as any of us would be if, uh, you know, our brother came to be the Messiah. And, uh, but then wonderful conversion, came to believe in Jesus, in Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, but it's a very punchy book. Um, it's very kind of hard-hitting. It's not, not particularly difficult to understand. If you, uh, if, if you know your Bible or you picked up and read some of your Bible, you'll notice some books... Uh, some letters, particularly like Paul's letters, can take a little bit of scratching of your head and Googling to kind of try and work out what it is he's trying to say. But, but with James, we don't get that. James is very plain speaking, very uh, kind of down to earth. But, but uh, what it lacks in complication, it makes up for in, in kind of hard hitting punchiness, direct, straight to the point. There's no kind of avoiding it of kind of, oh, well, I wonder if he means this or if he means that. No, no. He's very clear on what he means. It's then, can we, can we follow through? Are we able to follow through with this very black and white language that, that James is giving to us. And so it's written to uh, believers that were once part of the church in Jerusalem, that, but were then scattered, so writing to, to believers, but it applies to really to believers and unbelievers um, likewise. And uh, let's just read a little bit. I'm going to uh, start in a few verses, and then Beth will pick it up in, in a moment. Verse, chapter 4, verse 11. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? And as I said, this, this book, the, the whole point of the book of James really is he wants to distinguish the difference between a profession of faith i.e. Saying, saying that you're a Christian, yeah, yeah I'm a Christian, you know, I, I go to church, or I do this, I do that, saying you're a Christian, and a profession of faith, a possession of faith, excuse me, a possession of faith. He's not saying, you just, do you just profess to be a Christian, or do you really possess a personal relationship with Jesus? That's really the point of the whole book. It, it, it shouldn't just be profession, it shouldn't just be, uh, you know, out words or, 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 or outward actions or anything like that. No, no, it comes down, do you have a personal possession of faith, a personal relationship with Jesus? But it's not, you can read the book of James and think, well, he, there's a lot of do this and, and do that, you know, don't just be, be hearers, be doers of the word. And, and you know, it, here he talks about, uh, you know, don't slander, don't be a judge. And you could read it and think, well, what he's saying is that in order to, to have a personal relationship with Jesus, in order to gain that, I have to do this and do that to somehow earn favor, curry favor, or, or earn my, you know, clean myself up by doing this and that in order to have a relationship with Jesus. But the truth, friends, is, is that it's already been done by Jesus on the cross for us. It's not that we behave like this in order to gain a reward. It's no, no, the reward is already ours. For those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus, the reward is already ours. And James's point, really, through this whole book is, is, is therefore, in light of that, in light of what Jesus has done at the cross, then your lives will look something like this. Yeah, your lives will look something like this because as you as you have a personal relationship with somebody, it changes you. It changes you, and it changes us to be more like Jesus. And our lives will look more like the lives that we were created to live than the lives often that 
we, when we look around us can see. And that's really the whole point of this book. And so, uh, and this passage we're looking at today, James is saying, you know, let's not slander one another because when we do, we're putting ourselves in that place of judge. We're putting ourselves in that place of, of, of Lord. You know, I'm going I'm to judge other people and slander them. We're putting ourselves in that place. And James's point is, we don't know best. We're not to be in that place of judge over our lives, over other people's lives. That place is for, for the Lord, is for, is for God. But we can think, I know best, only I can see it clearly, but God is the judge. And so the, the question posed for us this morning that Beth is going to unpack in a moment now really is, who occupies that place of God in our lives? Yeah? Who, who occupies that place of Lord over your life? Is it you? Is it your parents' opinion of you? Other people's opinion of you? What occupies that place of Lord in your life? Because some, something or somebody will for all of us. Is it going to be Jesus or is it going to be something else? Beth, why don't you come and open the rest of the scriptures to us? Beth. Thank you. Hi, thanks, Steve. Um, so, like Steve said, it's possible to play God in our relationships, but it's also possible to play God in our choices that we make, our life choices, our daily choices. But before we dive back into the passage and read the next few verses, I want a little bit of interaction. I want to make sure you're not asleep. Um, so, tell me, give me a guess of what you think has been some of the most, or the most popular song to be played at a funeral over many years. Yes, Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. We've got the lyrics to come up. I'm not going to sing it, so don't worry. Okay, no, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. That is not my gifting. So, <laughs> my friend, I'll make it clear. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I travelled each and every highway, and much, much more... There we go. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and much, much, much more. There we go. You need to join the worship team, the Pontiff Face. <laughs> um, so these lyrics, really, they're an anthem, aren't they, of human nature? Right? They sum up the natural state of our hearts. And do you know what? God knew this long before Frank Sinatra did. Right, And he has offered us a different way as well. So, if we pick uh, the passage up in verse 13, the, here we go. Right, now listen. James is saying, listen up. This is important. Listen up. You who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Oh, it's punchy, isn't it, James, right? Let's unpack it together. Don't, don't lose me yet. Okay. Now, you might read that and think, and what, what's the problem with those verses? Surely I am entitled to be the authority over my life. Like, it's, it's my life after all. Like, I, I can be the master of my own destiny. Like, that's, that's okay, isn't it? Why can't I do life my way? Well, you can if you want to. But I'm going to offer you another option this morning, or Jesus's through me. Because there are two camps that we can sit in. There should be another slide coming up. 
we can live in either... Oh, that hasn't fit very well, has it? Okay, that's meant to say, I know best, or God knows best. So, we can be people, believers, non-believers, those who have grown up in Christian homes, those who haven't, who make plans and ask God to bless them. Right? I know best. God, today I'm doing X, Y, and Z, please bless it. Without any prior seeking, considering of God, no praying, no really wanting to do life with him, just very much like expecting God to fit into our plans. Right? We'd call that arrogant presumption. Expecting him to fit with us. Yeah? And then maybe boasting about that, right? Social media is such a good platform for this, isn't it? Right? Just, just being like, this is what... This is me, and it's all about me. Or we can be Christians who love Jesus, who um, really, really root ourselves in his sovereignty, trust his promises, trust his character, believe him, and seek to live his will through our lives, right? We seek him first when we're facing decisions. And you know what? That might sound like, oh my goodness, that sounds really authoritarian, right? God's just going to ruin my fun and rule my life. That really isn't it. Because there's the promise of joy. There's the promise of peace, of gentleness, of kindness, of patience, of true fulfillment that doesn't leave you with that empty feeling at the end of the day. And we'll, it, but it is a daily choice. Right? Sometimes an hourly choice for me. I don't know about you guys. Which camp we want to live in. Because right? that, that flesh, that human nature, that my way, it's present in all of us, right? So we've got to make that active choice. It's a bit like putting on glasses every morning. Jamie, my husband, exhibit A, <laughs> wears glasses, you might have noticed. <laughs> no, I haven't got an exhibit B. Okay. <laughs> he wears glasses. The reason is he cannot see without them. He's not one of these people who can get away without his glasses for a bit. He, he genuinely cannot see without them. If I'm standing in front of him without his glasses on, he won't know it's me, unless I'm having a really bad hair day and the outline is slightly crazy. He won't know it's me, okay? But as soon as he puts his glasses on, he, his sight is clear. Right? He can get from A to B. He can move through the house and through his day with success because he can see what he's doing. Yeah? Or it's like... When our children were young, younger, and that lovely phase of toddlers, and um, trying to help them learn, they had to hold my hand to cross the road successfully. Right? Toddlers, when they discover that independent will, they are off. Right? Trying to train them to stay close is hard, but they had to learn to hold my hand because I could see further down the road than them. Right? I could see what was coming, and I wanted to keep them safe. I wasn't trying to ruin their fun. I was trying to help them get across the road. Yeah? And so they, they learned to hold my hand. And sometimes they needed reminding because they forgot, like we all do. Right? It was, it was a habit we had to form. <laughs> now Ruben's taller than me, so maybe it's the other way around. But the point is, that, that at that point in their life, that was really important. But it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's, it was weird for Jamie when he first started wearing glasses. It was weird for our kids to have to hold my hand to start with. It's a habit we have to build. So I wonder what, what your habit is or what habit you'd like to form. What do you choose? What do you choose to base your trust on? Do you want it to be on the Lord whose ways 
uh, higher than ours, and sometimes they just don't make sense in the moment. But we trust his goodness, and we trust his faithfulness. Right? It's seeking his kingdom first, his rule, his way first. Knowing that he's written every day of our life already. Right? And he's the God of blessing. And I want to be in that blessing because it's part of his story, not mine. Yeah? Just like this morning, Maria's made a really clear choice. She spoke so well, didn't she, about the choice she's made. Right? That deliberate intention of really wanting to really make sure this is where she was going to stand and follow. Yeah, it's, it's all of this coming together. Let's also, though, be clear what these verses aren't saying. And I think I've got another slide for that. Um, they aren't saying that planning is bad. Phew, I love a good plan. Right? <laughs> they're not saying it's bad because God has a plan. But what they're saying, so Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. It's open hands before Jesus right? with our planning. Seeking him first. It's good and wise to plan. We've got God-given minds. We were made in his image. We're not meant to be robots. We're meant to be children of the king. But we need to plan knowing that life is brief. The passage calls it a mist. Mist comes and goes, right? We need to plan knowing that actually we don't know what the future will hold, but we do know who does hold the future. So with confidence we can lean into him. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This is one of these verses that as Christians we love it, don't we? Right? It goes into cards, it goes onto our walls, we message each other, it's our backdrop on our screens, we love it, right? And who wouldn't? Who doesn't want to live a life that's prosperous and healthy and there's hope and a future? But notice it doesn't say, for I know the plans you have for yourself, says the Lord. <laughs> right? It says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Because the pressure's off. I don't know about you, but the idea of me being the master of my destiny, it all being down to me, actually fills me with a bit of dread and interpretation. I feel a little bit anxious if you think about it. It's all on my shoulders. Right? But God's shoulders are so much bigger than mine. It's his story, not ours. And we get to partner with him. Having said that, it's much easier to say all this and harder to do, right, in the everyday. But just like a muscle gets stronger, the more we use it, our face gets stronger, the more we exercise it. Just like wearing glasses and putting them on every day, holding a hand across the road. To be completely honest... I find it much easier seeking God and following his way in the bigger decisions of life than in the daily living. I'll unpack that a bit. I'll give you some examples. Um, 18 months ago, God really, no, longer than that, two years ago, God really clearly um, told Jamie and I to put our house on the market. We were kind of outgrowing the space and needed to move. And so we did. It sold quite quickly. And I remember us sitting on the sofa one evening together going, where are we going to go? That sense of, like, we could go anywhere. Like, we'd assumed we'd be staying where we were because that's where our community was, but we suddenly had this realisation that, actually, this could be something different. And we prayed about it. And, you know, we had two different offers, both which would have um, meant full relocation, okay, elsewhere. And we prayed it through together because we wanted to be in the very centre of God's will. I'll be honest, I did not want to move out of the community we were in, right? 
Jamie was excited about options. So together, we kind of came together and prayed stuff through. God told us to stay where we were. So we found a house. And many of you walked with us on the bumpiest of all house sale moves ever. But do you know what? When it got really rocky, and it did, at one point we were homeless for two weeks. When it got really rocky, it did my heart so much good to be able to lean in knowing that I was in God's will knowing that I was safe and secure and he was going to bring me through and I could claim his promises because I was standing where he'd called me to stand. Yeah? Same with jobs. When I've applied for jobs, I've really been led by his spirit in that. Those niggles. You know what I mean? That Holy Spirit niggle that doesn't leave you alone until you do it. Yeah? And some jobs I haven't wanted to apply for, (laughs) but I've known he's wanted me to apply for it and I've done it. And I look back and I see his blessing. And I'm grateful for his leading because he knew what I couldn't see. However, daily life, I love a plan. I love a tick list. The satisfaction I get of ticking things off my list is probably beyond ridiculous. I love it. Um, And I can quite easily get halfway, almost the whole way through the day sometimes. I've had a busy day that I've crammed full without really properly praying, without really considering God in it. And I have that empty feeling, you know, like my list is ticked, but my soul isn't satisfied. I've been productive, but I haven't been fruitful, right? Because I guarantee you, I'll be a bit frazzled, possibly a lot, depending on who you talk to. I'll be a bit stressed. I'll be tired. I won't have been patient. I won't have been particularly gentle. If the kids have needed me for something, I I would have been a bit annoyed that they kind of got in the way of my plan, right? Whereas the days when I I choose to pray first and seek him first and plan later, instead of plan first, pray next, yeah? Camp one, camp two. Pray first, seek him, and be really alert to his spirit. Because as believers, we've got his spirit in us, haven't we, Right? The presence of God in us, that inner compass that helps to guide us in peace. If you don't know what I'm talking about, come and talk to me. I'd love to chat to you about it. So then when things come in, if it just doesn't sit right, if I'm like, Jesus, is this, for you? Is this something that you want me to do today? If it doesn't sit right, then I say no nicely <laughs> to whatever it is. And there's a peace that comes with that. It is, though, a habit to form that I'm learning and very much two steps forwards, one step back. Um, now then, Jesus, of course, is our ultimate example, right? Of a life that was lived in full surrender to God. He humbled himself, submitted himself to God's will, came from heaven to earth, the glory of heaven. I, can't, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to wrap my head around that. He left the glory of heaven to come to earth, to live a really simple life. He was um, rejected, abandoned, misunderstood, hungry, lonely, but he didn't lose his love for God or his focus. I'm encouraged that in the scriptures it talks about how he often withdrew himself to pray. Right? He, he needed that time to seek his Father's will. And gosh, if, if Jesus needed to do it, I need to do it. Right, you guys need to do it. If Jesus needed to do it, we need to do that too. Because his eyes were up and his heart was surrendered, no matter what the circumstances were. His eyes were up and his heart was surrendered. Ultimately, we know this led him to the cross, the ultimate sacrifice for you. 
He chose to go to the cross so you could live in full relationship with him. Like we've heard about all morning. Right? And we're never going to get tired of talking about it because it's just the most bizarre and incredible gift all at once. And it doesn't make sense to our human nature that feels we've got to perform a certain way to be eligible. It's the other way around with Jesus. He says, come close to me, be with me, and I'll teach you. We'll go together. Now, of course, walking with Jesus doesn't mean we're exempt from trials. It doesn't mean it's going to be a life that's sunshine every day. Okay? But it does mean that my hand is in his, like my children's hands were in mine to cross that road. It does mean that he's, he's got me, and that my eyes can be up and my heart can be surrendered in absolute confidence that he knows what he's doing. And today, really, there's an invitation. I think we've heard it all morning. His hand reaches to you and says, will you take my hand? Will you walk with me? Not because he wants to boss you around, ruin your life, zap your joy, but because he's got a rich, full life for you that can only be yours if you walk with him. Right? My children could only be safe if they walked with me across the road. Fueled by the Holy Spirit. That's so exciting. It's a heart gear change that goes beyond today. It's in every day of the week, every hour. Verse 17 in our passage, should come up in a minute, it says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Oh, punch. Another James punch, right? What he's basically saying is like, guys, let's do this. This is so important and so incredible. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Right? He's saying if, if we want to live in Christ, we've got to be people of intention like Maria talked about this morning. We've got to make that stand and make that choice. How, though? How do we do that? I'm a, I'm a really practical person. I've stood up here before and said that. But it is simple to say, but it is stuff to walk through and to do together. Repentance and faith. Repentance. Say sorry to God for where we've got it wrong, for where we've taken the place of lordship in our lives or where we let other people take that place. And then repentance literally means a 180 turn like walking in the opposite direction. So choosing him to be that, that, the Lord. He is the Lord. So choosing him, inviting him into our hearts. Ask him if there's a specific area in your life that you need to repent of, of where that hasn't been quite true. And then practically, the faith. Um, I'll be completely honest, but I need a reminding of this every day. Like I told you, this is the stuff I struggle in, the daily choices it's a bit like um i need to tie my shoelaces up at the start of the day otherwise i'm going to trip over right the old-fashioned shoelaces the proper shoelaces you actually did up right yeah like stuart scott there we go um so i am um, i i have a verse a, a life verse that i try and remember to pray over myself stick it on a post-it note on the mirror okay talked about that before stick it on because i'm going to look in the mirror so i'm going to see it and then i can pray it over myself um, so my, my personal one that I kind of lean into is John 15, verse 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you, you remain in me. Productive versus fruitfulness. Right? I want to be fruitful. I want to be bearing patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. I've got to remind myself I can only do that in Jesus. 
maybe there are decisions, jobs, relationships, daily stuff that's kind of coming to mind as, as I'm talking. And, and it would be good to ch chance to pray with each other, talk about it more in running partners, life groups. But as we just bring the preach back into, back into land, maybe the band want to come back. Um, the final slide is just to say that this isn't a moral highway. This isn't a do and don't. This is a loving relationship with the creator of the universe. This is um, so the creator of the universe who wants relationship with you and with me because he loves you. It's really that simple. The, incre the incredible thing is that love always gives a choice. He's never, ever going to force you. But today there is an open arm invitation for you. So maybe you're sitting here, you wouldn't count yourself as a Christian. Maybe coming to this school hall doesn't look like church, you know, what you've grown up with. And you're thinking, God, oh, God's always felt really distant and cold to me, but this, is, this feels and sounds quite different. Maybe you want to explore that more. Alpha's a great shout, like Maria talked about. Talking to any of us is a great shout. But I and others would love to pray with you and talk to you about that. We're not going to force you to do anything, but we'd love to do that. And there's going to be opportunity at the end to pray and explore that further. Maybe you are a follower of Christ and there's an area in your life that you just need to realign. Maybe it's a big decision. Maybe it's daily choices. But we're going to have time in a minute just to spend and pray together, just to respond. I don't feel like we can rush from this place without having a bit of time. Right? It feels important to respond. And make sure, make sure you've got good friends around you, life group, running partners. We need to encourage each other in this stuff, right? Not a tick list, not a like, are oh, you, aren't you? But like, a, like let's get alongside each other because we all need it, right? We're all human. We're all going to slip up at some point. That's, that's okay. Let's, let's just be there for each other. So like Jesus, may our eyes be up, may our hearts be surrendered and our prayer lives are rich because we pray first, seek him first and plan later. Let's fix our eyes on him, the author, perfecter of our faith, the one who goes before us, the one who knows us, the one who this whole story belongs to. And let's see what he does. And let's see what we become because we're leaning into him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to hand back over to the band. And then me and some others are going to be to the side. If you would like to come and talk to us to pray for anything I've mentioned or anything else, we would really count that a privilege and love to have that time. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that this morning you stand before us with open arms. Thank you for the choice you give us out of love to put our hand into yours, to walk with you in your story. Thank you for each and every person in this room. Thank you that none of us are here by accident, but all of us are here because it's where we're meant to be today. Jesus, I pray that you would stir hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray you would fill hearts. I pray that we would be people who follow you, who seek your will first. And in doing so, just see your love outpour into our hearts, into our families, into our communities, into our workplaces. That we would choose to put our glasses on, that we would choose to walk with you because of your kindness and your goodness that follows us every day of our life. Amen. Oh,